sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> so what we heard this morning was that joy and happiness is a choice. Brother Brendan clearly told us that if we if we want to be in the center of God's will, we have to take joy and we fill our cup up. We're taking joy and filling our cup up, and that way we'll be in the center of God's will. Well, I just want to re-echo what he said, that I believe also that joy is a choice. I choose whether I want to be joyful or not. <clears throat> now, I know there are some... Uh, there are things in a person's life and in a body that makes them feel different and all those kinds of things. I understand that. But everything flowing together like God intended it, joy is a choice. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> and that is not just a responsibility, that's a blessing. That's something God gives us. He gives us the ability to choose that thing and make the choice. <clears throat> I'd like to talk this morning about a simple phrase in the Bible, and, uh, and you'll figure this out pretty quick, but I went through the Bible and I looked up all the, the places, I didn't get them all, but I looked up some of them, where the phrase is two words, one another, one another. I'd like to look at that just as a basic principle in the New Testament, being at one with each other. Not this, this. That's a beautiful place to be. You who are married, not everybody's married here, I know that, but some of us who are married, we know, probably most of us know the difference between this and this. We probably do. I mean, not fighting, but I mean, you know, just a disagreement, just a difference, just a, just a little bit of a separation there. But this is so sweet. <clears throat> That's just in marriage. That's true in marriage, but that's also true in the church. That whenever we can have this kind of relationship, that's nice. That's good. <clears throat> you know, I've, I've, never, I've never farmed with horses. I've never even driven a horse. I've watched lots of horses back in Pennsylvania. We have lots of horses going down through the field, and they have, they have teams of horses, and they'll have maybe as many as six side by side plowing down through the field, and sometimes it's only two. But they tell me that there is horses that have this habit of being a slacker. Horses that don't pull their fair share of the load. They just kind of slack back. Well, we're not talking about slackers this morning. We're talking about men and women, brothers and sisters who have have decided in their heart that they're going to walk with God and that they are going to walk together. 
There's, there's a synonymous relationship between walking with God and walking together. Walking with one another. Some of the synonyms are, are for one another is collectively, cooperatively, in tandem, mutually. Some of the synonyms of just describing very briefly, without putting a lot of, a lot of definition to it, what it means to be one another, to, do, to, do, to be with one another. You ever seen, I've only seen this, I don't know where it was, probably on TV one time, where they have these rowing teams where they, they have these boats and there's about, I don't know how many men in there, a couple dozen maybe, I'm not sure how many. And they row and those oars go in unison. They just, it's just a piece of clockwork. <clears throat> now, if one gets out of whack, one decides he wants to do something a little different, that team is going to lose the race. It's a given. But when we all row together, guess what? We win. <clears throat> to be a person who is a one another person, well, let me say this first, too. I, I, I use the rowing example. I want to use the example also of a tandem bicycle. You know, a bicycle built for two where you have a person sitting in front and another person sitting in the back. And, and the pedals, are, they all go around together. And they, they go together and they go somewhere. Now, if one in the back decides he doesn't want to or he decides he wants to stop, now that one in the front's going to have a hard time going. It's just going to be a problem. We're talking about one another. How to walk together. And there's lots of places in the scripture where, it, where the scriptures talk about how to walk together. I want to get to those. <clears throat> but a person who is willing to be a one another person is a person that is biblical in his actions, his attitudes, his words, and his thoughts. This, this thing of walking together, working together is very, very biblical. It is all through the scriptures. It's Christian. It's like Jesus. It's a Holy Spirit-filled person that's truly born again. A new creature in Christ. Whenever we can walk together. Now, you can do it other ways, too. These men rowing these boats, they don't have to be born again to be doing that. But we're talking about a spontaneous, not a, not a, um, not a discipline where we discipline ourselves to do it. Like those men do when they row. But I'm talking about when it's spontaneous. It's just we flow together because we've made a decision. You think differently, you act differently, you do differently, and you be differently. Whenever you make the choice, I'm going to be a, 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 a together, a one another person. When you make that choice, then you begin to think a little differently. You're not thinking about what I can get out of it or what I can do. You're thinking about what we can do, what we can do together. <clears throat> I believe it was John Wesley that made this, made this statement. He said, In the sinner's commandment becomes the saint's promise. The sinner's commandment becomes the saint's promise. What that means in brief is that whenever, as a sinner, you, you have to do something or you can't do something. When you become a saint, when you become born again, it's not a, it's not a have to, it's a get to. And what's more, you have the power to do it or not do it. It's not a matter of, you mean I have to do these things? No, I mean you get to do these things. And Jesus asked me to do, and I get to do it now. 
He asked me to do it. I get to do it now. Before I had to, now I get to. So I want to talk about one another, true Christianity. One another being true Christianity. In John 13, 34, he says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye, <clears throat> that ye also love one another. And he says, in John 15, he says, This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. And Mark 10, 45 says, For when the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, even the Son of Man, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. This is love. One of the basic core things that has to happen. If we are going to be a one another people, which we are, that's the church of God, that's what God wants for us, we have, we have to understand the value, the reason, and the power of this and love. Love. <clears throat> you know, love is, love is something, it, it's a feeling. You can feel this in your heart sometimes, but it's more than that. Again, it's a lot like joy. It's a choice. It's a choice. So as we consider, let's talk to Zion Christian Fellowship. As we consider, what can we do to portray the body of Christ to the world, but more than that, I don't know if it's more, but also to ourselves. What can we do? We love. That's what Jesus said. We love one another. We love one another. It's not a matter of tolerate one another. It's not a matter of say, oh, well, he's kind of how he is, and that's where he is, and, and okay. It's a matter of, no, we want to include him in our circle. And that feeling... But I'll say more than that, decision. That decision to say, I'm including him. I care about him. That, that love, let that love be a part of your heart and just cultivate that kind of love. Not this thing of, well, he's a little different over here and so we just kind of skirt around him a little bit. No, that's not what Jesus says. And Jesus didn't do that to you. Or to anybody else. He said, love one another as I have loved you. <clears throat> True agape love. Unconditional, not self-seeking, expecting nothing in return. True agape love. Not conditional, not self-seeking, expecting nothing in return, expecting nothing in return. I love you because that's my choice, that's my decision. You don't, you don't have to do anything for me to love you. I am making the decision to love you. Now, I'll grant you, sometimes it can be harder to love. That's probably true. But, choice is ours. Love one another. Let that settle in somehow into our hearts and our minds. We've made this decision to love one another. We have, we have said, I'm making the choice. All of us here have said, I'm making the choice to love one another. <clears throat> Turn with me to Matthew 
chapter 25. I want to uh, look at that verse just a, a briefly here. Matthew chapter 25, verse 40. And I want you to remember this principle as we, walk, as we go through this message. I want you to remember this principle. And it's this. I'm just, it's breaking into the end of a, of a parable here that Jesus is giving. A little story says, And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, and this is the part I want to get to, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Get that principle? Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these. We don't have a least of these in here. Into, you have done it unto me. I'll leave out the least of these. Inasmuch as you have done it unto these, you have done it unto me, my brethren. That, that's kind of, a, that's kind of a, a, a stopping thought because it goes both ways. I do it because what I do to you, because I love you. That's what Jesus did. Inasmuch as you have done it unto the one of the least of these, you've done it unto me. So what I do to you, I do to Jesus. Both in loving and unloving. That's a good thing to consider. And I'm not saying this. Please take me right. I'm not saying this because I think we've got a bunch of unloving people here. Not at all. This is true Christianity. I just want to hold up. This is true Christianity. That we love one another. Now there's a lot of things that goes with love. Love is not just a matter of. Uh, I love you so much, I'm not even going to tell you, say anything that might hurt you or anything that might improve you, anything that might, might st- make you stop and think at all. We don't do it on purpose, but we might do it for your benefit. So somebody may come up to you and say, you know, brother, this is this and this. Well, what do you think about that? Maybe there's, maybe there's something there that, that we could look at a little bit and maybe improve on. That, that can be done out of love. That's, that's love also. <clears throat> Let's go on. You're welcome to turn here if you'd like. I'll go through these pretty quickly probably. In Matthew, or Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 42. But Jesus called them to him and saith unto them, Ye know that they which are counted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But he said, So shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And eat, for even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. That's love. That's love. Now, before what happened was, Jesus, uh, James and John had just asked Jesus if, he could, if they could be given the choice seats in glory, the, the, the honor seats, right hand, left hand, men of honor. They asked Jesus that, and that was Jesus' answer. What he said was, he said, that's not mine to give. But what, I, but, but what I think he's trying to tell us is, there's no big eyes and little U's in the kingdom of God. I don't think there is. There's different responsibilities. But just because you have a responsibility and I don't, doesn't necessarily make you bigger than me in the eyes of God. Or even, what he wants us to do is love together in a way that we're willing to Lay down our life, one for the other. Somebody said one time, you know, if we say this, and we probably all would say, we all have, I would give my life for my brother. 
Now, that's a pretty easy thing to say sitting here in such comfort. Sitting here without any threat. There's nobody pointing a gun at your head. There's no, there's no situation where if you do this, you save your brother. If you don't, he'll die. We're not sitting here with that in that kind of a situation. But would we do that? How much do we love? So the question then comes, <clears throat> if we say, yes, I'll do that because I'm doing it for Jesus. Then somebody said one time, this, I just, this happened I don't know, several weeks ago. Somebody said, if you're saying you're willing to die for me, can't you get along with me too? Can't we work together? Can't we submit one to another? We can. That's true Christianity. That's that kind of a thing is what I'm talking about. <clears throat> this word minister also actually means, it comes from, the, uh, well, I don't know if it comes from, but in the definition for this minister, when I looked up in the Strong's and had definition there, it also used the word waiter or waitress. And you know what they do. You've all been to a restaurant. But the, this waitress, you walk in, and the uh, hostess will seat you. Then here comes the waitress. First thing he or she will do is say, can I get you something to drink? May I get you something to drink? Just a cup of cold water. And you usually say yes, and you tell her what she wants, and she says, I'll be back after a bit, and I'll take your order. So she goes away, she brings your water back, or whatever you order, and then she comes, she goes away again, she comes back again, she asks you again, are you ready to order? Usually you say, well, I don't know how you do it. Sometimes it's, can you give us a little more time? Sometimes it's, yes, I'm ready. But uh, they're coming asking, what? They're asking you to give them an order. This is a minister. This is a waiter. This is what we're talking about. Can, will you give me an order? Tell me what to do. That's the definition of minister. That's what Jesus is talking about here. So they, they take your order. They go away. They let you sit there a little bit. And pretty soon then, after it's ready for you, they'll bring it back from the kitchen and give it to you on your, on your table. They'll hand it right there to you. Right there. It's the best they can do. Their cooks did their good job. And they did their best to bring that thing out here. As soon as it was ready, it's hot. It's ready to eat. That's a minister. And when I say this, I'm not just talking about your ministers. I'm talking to them. I'm talking about them. I'm talking about all of us. All of us. Take this thing and say, what is my job in the church? How can I one another one another? What can I do? This is what I can do. After you've eaten while they come back and they say, well, usually after you've eaten while they come back and they say, uh, so how was everything or how is everything? They're asking this, this service they gave to you, this, this ministry that they did to you, they're asking, so was it okay? Can I do any better? Is there, you have some suggestions for me? What can I do different? They're asking, is it okay? <clears throat> and I don't think I've ever had this situation, but I, I would expect that that waiter or that waitress if you said, this stuff is horrible, she'd probably say, can I get you something else? May I get you something else? I don't know, but I expect she probably would. If I owned a restaurant and my, I was giving my waitresses or instructions, that's what I would tell them. Because there is a tremendous power in being, in being willing to let the customer be king. 
That's a minister. Well, and then to go on, usually then you get done and they come around and ask you, would you like some dessert? They're constantly ministering to you, constantly wanting to feed you, wanting to help you, wanting to bless you. That's the, that's the definition of a minister. First Peter 4.8 says, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Fervent charity. Fervent love. That's true Christianity. Fervent. I mean it when I say I love you and I care for you. And you can tell. Because I'm there, I'm asking you how your meal is, and I'm asking you how it's going, I'm asking you if you need anything else, and I'm there to help you, I'm there to serve you. That's ministry. That's loving one another. Above all things, God, you know this half-hearted waitress, you probably had seen some of them too, this half-hearted waitress that comes around and she's like, oh, she's not doing her job very well, whatever that means. And you can see she's not. And you look at her, and, and then when it comes time to give a tip, does that make a difference? Well, it might. It might. <clears throat> but I want to say this. A lack of fervency is lukewarmness. And we know what God does with lukewarmness. Lukewarmness. Uncaring. Unaware. Un, un, uh, yes. Ah, all right. Whatever. <clears throat> that was number one. Number two. In Romans 12.10, he says, Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. How do we one another one another? Preferring one another. So you go first. or Give them the best or help them first or whatever, whatever situation you want to look at, it's preferring one another. It's not always holding out the best for me. It's preferring one another. Preferring. I'd rather you have, I'd rather you go, I'd rather that kind of preference. Be kindly affection. That, that affection means, that's, that's that fondness that we have, like for example, we, we parents know what we're talking about here, and I hope you children know the same thing from the opposite side. That's that love, that affection we have for our children. There's, oh well, I'll say it this way, it may not be quite true, but I'll say, there's nothing I like better than have all my children home with me and my grandchildren there. It's, it's just a downright delight. I know what it means to feel that affection. That kind of a, that kind of a motivation, that kind of a, a feeling, that kind of a spirit in me. When we look around... And we see our brothers and our sisters, we should look around and feel a love and an affection. That's what, that's what Christianity is. That is one anothering one another. <clears throat> Number three, in Romans fifteen seven, he says, Wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ also received us into the glory of God. To accept, to simply bring into our friendship and our hospitality like we have received so much hospitality out here. <clears throat> so much good hospitality. As far as I know, I, I'm, I can say this without a doubt, all of you 
have so welcomely, so warmly and welcomed us, warmed, welcomed us so warmly. I thank you for that. That's Christianity. But you know, I'm nobody special. Don't take me wrong. I'm not, I'm not usual around here. So it's kind of easy maybe to do that to me. True Christianity does that to all of us all the time. That's what true Christianity is. Number four, in Romans 15, 14, he says, but I, And I myself am also persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also, ye are also full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Able to admonish one another. <clears throat> I am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also understand the truth. You also understand what's right, what's good. You also have that you are filled with all knowledge, so to speak. You, you know what's good and right. You, you, you do. You're able to admonish one another. That means a couple of things. That means that you are able to take the truth, understand it, and be able to present it to a brother. It also means, and this is the harder part, that if you're able to admonish one another, that means you're able to receive admonishment too. You're able to receive it. I may not always do everything right. In fact, I may think I am and not even realize sometimes. I've told you the story before. I'm not going to tell you it again. But I know at one, remember one point in my life, I thought I was right and I realized I wasn't after a while. Somebody came and told me, Mark, you're not right. That's not so easy. But that's part of being in the kingdom of God. That is part of what Paul says when he says, able also to admonish one another. Because there's a possibility that if I go to you to admonish you, you may think, what are you talking about? You don't even know, you don't even understand. You don't even you're not even qualified to talk to me. You know, there may be some truth in that. There may be that that brother that's come to talk to you doesn't understand your full situation. It may be that he has not been through the same things you've been through. That's very possible. So what that does now is put on you the responsibility to, to listen to that brother and kindly receive him and receive the admonishment. That doesn't mean that he's got something to tell you that you suddenly now have to do what he says. But it does mean you're able to receive admonishment. Able to receive it. Able to receive it. <clears throat> and sometimes that brother, though he be younger and more inexperienced than you, he may have something to say to you that's right that you hadn't thought of. And it might be kind of hard to take it maybe, but he's right. Maybe. Number five, in Galatians 5.13, he says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. That serving, that's, that, that word right there, <clears throat> again, going back to the Greek, it means to be a slave. By love serve one another, like a slave serves. Now, we don't know much about slavery. All we know about is we can read about the slavery back in the, in the history of the United States here and, and various other things probably. But 
<clears throat> he says, by love serve one another. You've been called unto liberty. But use not that liberty to justify what you want to do in your flesh. Sure, we don't live under the old law, the, the Mosaic law. We don't live under that. We can pick up a stick or two to, in a, in a, on a Sunday and it's not or a Sabbath day, whatever you want to call it. And we're not going to get stoned. <clears throat> Some of that's true. That, that's very true. But are we able and are we willing? Am I able, am I willing <clears throat> to take that liberty I have, not use it to the flesh, and able to receive admonishment? Serving one another, able to receive, able to give, I should say. That's what a slave is, able to give. Am I able to give uh, as if that's my whole purpose? Galatians 6, 2 says, Bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What that says is, don't add burdens to your brother. Help him bear them. That's fulfilling the law of Christ. That's fulfilling what God wants for us. Help him bear them. They may not be yours, and they may not be your problems, but... That the Spirit of Christ says, I want to help you bear them. I want to help you carry them. <clears throat> you know, Jesus didn't commit any sin. He didn't commit your sin either. The sin you committed or the, the fact that you were born in sin because you were born a carnal um, sinner. But yet, Jesus was willing to die. That is the way of Christ. Several years ago, I was working for my father-in-law, building cabinets. Just a small shop, just he and I in the shop. We had time. We were working together there many hours, and we talked a lot. And I think it was his idea, but he and I talked it out and talked it through. He, he, his, the idea was that... <clears throat> Insurance companies make a lot of money. Everybody knows that. The scriptures talk about bearing one another's burdens. Is there some way, is it really feasible for us, if we could band together with eight or ten or however many more families, we could band together and say, let's just agree to pay each other's hospital bills. We talk, and I know it's a, it's a common thing nowadays, but we had never heard of it back then. This has been, I don't know. 40 years ago, probably. Close to it. <clears throat> and we talked about this thing, and we talked about this thing, and we talked a lot about it. And we wrote down some, some stipulations, some guidelines, and, and we agreed that we would, we would, we would uh, take this thing to several other people and see if they were interested in it. And they were. Now it's, now it's, going, it's going big in German Baptist Church. But... The principle was, could we bear one another's burdens, one another's burdens, and actually make them lighter? <clears throat> that's that's one anothering one another. Number Ephesians four thirty two says, "Be ye kind one to another, for tender hearted, forgiving one another, 
even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Kindness, tenderheartedness, forgiveness. Kindness, kindness. That's, that's what Christians do. We're kind, kind, always kind, always kind. <clears throat> we're tenderhearted. We're, we're compassionate. It hurts us when you hurt, we hurt. Tenderhearted. We're able to let our hearts be hurt for your sake. Hurts us. Forgiveness. I used this passage one time in a wedding message. Kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving. You know, we as, we as husbands and wives, we practice this. Kindness, tenderhearted, forgiving. We practice it. <clears throat> Not always easy sometimes, but yet we know in the back of our minds, we're grown-up, mature people. We know in the back of our minds, it's the right thing to do. Sometimes it's easier said than done. <clears throat> Colossians 3.13 says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, even so do ye. The need of forbearance for others is not created by us, nor is it something we ask for. It's rather an issue of somebody else's wrong that we are called to bear by no invitation from us. As bad as I don't want to make you have to forbear with me, it happens sometimes and becomes your responsibility to do it. But this is the way of a Christian. You have to forbear with me sometimes. You have to put up with me. That's the way it is. It doesn't mean it's right as far as on my part, but on your part, that's what he asks for. <clears throat> that's what Jesus asked for. Adam Clark had this to say about this. About this, uh, this verse, he says, in, in the forgiving part of it, he says, Even as Christ forgave you, who required no satisfaction and sought for nothing in you but the broken, contrite heart, and freely forgave you as soon as you returned to him, no man should for a moment harbor ill will in his heart to any. But the offended party is not called, the offended party is not called to actually forgive, Till the offender with sorrow acknowledges his fault. He should be ready to forgive. And while he is so, he can neither feel hatred nor malice towards the offender. But as Christ does not forgive us till till with penitent heart return to him, acknowledging our offenses, so those who have trespassed against their neighbor are not to to expect any act of forgiveness from the person that they have injured till they acknowledge the offense. Forgive, says the apostle, even as Christ forgave you. Show the same disposition and the same readiness to forgive your offending brethren as Christ showed towards you. That's probably the, the cap sheaf right there. Show the same disposition, the same willingness to forgive. <clears throat> to have an attitude of forgiveness. Have that attitude all the time. So then when somebody does something that's not right to you and you need to forgive them, you can. You can. Just like that. They may not, as far as they come and ask you then, will you forgive me? Right there. To have that attitude doesn't mean you have forgiven them, but it means you're ready instantly. You're ready right now. I can forgive you. 
because I have developed and cultivated this attitude in my heart. And the last one I have is probably the most important one. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says this, Wherefore, comfort, one another, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as ye also do. That's what Paul told the Thessalonians. There's probably nothing more effective when it comes to being a, a brother that is a blessing and as a, a one another brother as the brother who is encouraging. Probably nothing more effective. My wife whispered to me before I came up here, and she said this lots of times. She said, uh, she was talking about somebody, somebody was up here, I forget who it was, said, enthusiasm is catching. It makes a difference. So, enthusiasm. Being willing to be, put your heart into something is another way that we can one another one another. Being willing to put your heart into it. More is accomplished in blessing than in cursing. More is accomplished in being a upbeat encouragement than there is in being down and discouraged. I've used this illustration before. Can you imagine, and uh, pardon me, I, I like sports and I maybe I like them too much. I don't pay attention to them now. But, but I, can you imagine the quarterback throws a, throws a football and it's an interception. The other team catches that ball and they run to the other end, makes a goal, makes a, makes a, a touchdown. And he goes over there and sits down on the guideline and he just glum as midnight. Ah, he can't do anything right. Yeah, might as well quit. Might as well give up. Just forget it. Compared to the quarterback that goes over there and says, Team, I made a mistake. I'm sorry, I made a mistake. But we've still got time on the scoreboard. We're going to go back out there. And we're going to get a hold of that ball. And we're going to take it all the way. Go! It's quite a difference. That team has a chance then. The other team, the other quarterback, pretty hard. Somebody has to take that thing and go with it. That's my point. Who are we? When we want another one another. When we're sitting here and we're, we're walking together and we're working together and we're trying to come up with something. Our brothers' meetings. I realize reality is reality. I understand that. I realize that maybe there's things that that have to be worked through. Maybe there is. But I'm encouraging us. This part of the being one another, this part of true Christianity is probably as important as any part that we can do in our, in our own hearts. And that is to, he says, comfort yourselves together and edify, edify one another. Let's go, brothers. We can do this. We're going to make this. Somebody's going to have to give up. We understand that. Somebody's going to get their way. Somebody's not. Maybe we're going to find a compromise. But we're going to walk through this thing. And we're going to make it together. We can do it. We've got a captain. And he's watching down over all of us. And he sees every heart in here. And he sees us all. And he, we know where he wants us to go. We know where he wants us to go. We don't have any doubt about that. And we know that he's optimistic. And we know that he's going to win this, t- this game. He's going to.
He's going to do it. We're going to follow Him. We're going to, he's going to lead and we're going to go. And it doesn't mean... There's not, there's not going to be two winners in this game. There's going to be one winner. Somebody's going to have to say... Or somebody's going to have to... Somebody's going to lose. I'm, this is talking about two different teams. My point is this, that we're on the team. We're on the team that's going to win. I don't doubt it. Whether it, be, whether it pertains to Zion Christian Fellowship right at this moment during this time, whether it does or not, maybe it does, I think it does, but let's just, let's just make it bigger than that and say, 10 years down the road, we're still going to be winners. Ten years down the road, we're still going to be winners. Probably ten years, uh, you'll probably all still be here if you live a normal life. I, maybe, probably, I don't know. Probably. But, go twenty years down the road then. Some of us are going to be gone, or thirty years. Some of us are going to be gone, but we're going to go on. If the Lord tarries, we're going to go on. Get that in your minds, brothers, younger brothers, older brothers. Get it in your mind. This this church, God's church, is going to go on. Because we're going to one another, one another. We're going to stick together. We're going to edify one another. We're going to encourage one another. We're going to forgive one another. We're going to forbear with one another. It's what our captain, it's what our quarterback says we're going to do. He, he don't ever throw, throw, throw interceptions. But he's always, he's always capable of winning. I want to go back and reiterate just a little bit. The things God calls us to do in this word, in the word, the things I've talked about, the things I've call, that God calls us to do, the things that says, I want you to do this, and I want you to do this, and I've named just a few of them. Those kind of things, while they are a command, they're also a promise. If I put my eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, if I follow him, if I determine that he's my quarterback, he's my leader, I'm going to follow him, there's a promise in there. And the promise is, your, your commandment is to do it, but the promise is, you'll get to do it. So, you may ask yourself sometimes, do I have any rights? I mean, is it, all, is it all me giving up and bearing with and, and doing, giving everything to everybody else? Do I have any rights? <clears throat> Does anybody owe me anything? What about me? Can I get a blessing from someone? And here's the answer. Yes. You have some rights. You can get a blessing. You can have somebody bless you. You can receive. Yes, you can. I'm going to tell you how to do it. Give to your brother. That's the way it works. The more I give, the more I receive. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. <clears throat> That's how you do it. So the answer is, can I have something? Yes. You can have something. It's your choice. You choose joy. You make the choice. You choose what you want. That's the way it is in the kingdom of God. 
Because God is more powerful than anything out there. There's nothing out there that's bigger than God. There's nothing out there that God cannot give you the power to overcome, that you cannot be victorious. Nothing. If that were the case, then, then, then God is not the biggest thing. Then not, he's not almighty. God is almighty. So everything we run into, with God, all things are possible. And I will end with this, the same verse I started with. <clears throat> Jesus said, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto me, or unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we come to you and pray for your grace, pray for your love, pray for your power. We pray, Father, for the understanding that we don't have sometimes. That we would be able to know how to respond, how to reply, what to say, what to do. We pray, Father, for grace. We pray for that power that you have to give. We pray for it, Lord. Give us all that kind of power. The power to take myself and say, self, I'm in control here. And the Lord Jesus is going to tell me what to do, not you. I pray, Father, for that kind of power. I pray for it, Lord. Help us, Lord. May your kingdom come and your will be done. In us, like it is in heaven. Thank you, Father, for the gift and the example of your son. When he came down here, taught the truth. Never compromised truth. Never compromised right. But he lived a absolute victorious life. A selfless life. He gave his life for sinners. Help us to live that way too, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.